Mishnah Yomi is continuing in Chala, the fourth parak of Chala, at Mishnah Zayin. Yisrael, a regular Jewish guy, Shahayu Arisin Laovde Kochavim Besurya. And he was working as an Aris, a sharecropper, on land of a non Jew in Surya, which is our beloved Syria. Now, a sharecropper is doing the work on the land in return for percentage of the produce, but he doesn't own the land. Rabbi Eliezer Mechayev Perotehem Bebmaisot Ubishvit. Now, Rabbi Eliezer said in this case, he is Chayev to separate the tithes. And this is on a rabbinic level because he, Lamaisa, doesn't own the land and it's land that's in Syria, which is, you know, it's right next to Eretz Israel. So on a rabbinical level, they require tithing there. But Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel says in such a case, the sharecropper in Syria does not have to separate tithes. As a side note, Syria is very interesting because David the Melech conquered Syria before all of Eretz Israel was conquered, and he conquered it sort of for financial reasons. It was Akivash Yachid that he decided to do it on the advice of the Sanhedrin because Am Yisrael needed Parnassah. There's actually Gemara that refers to this in the first paragraph of Brachos, that Am Yisrael needed Parnassah, he needed resources and land. So he went ahead and conquered Syria. And this, Rabbi this is, by the way, why Syrians, Syrian Jews are very good in business. They get that straight from David and Melech. They might be wondering what this halacha is doing in Chala. So the Mishnah continues. Rabban Gamliel Omer Shtei Chalot Besur. You have to separate two Chalas in Syria. We're actually going to explain in Mishnah Chet why we would be separating Chala twice. Rabbi Yezer Omer Chala Achad. Rabbi says you just take Chala once. Achazu Kulo Shor Rabban Gamliel Kulo Shor So the Syrian Jews, they used the leniencies of both of these sages, both by the sharecropper and by the Chala. Hazru Gamliel But then they realized you shouldn't use a Kula from Rabbi A and a contradictory Kula from Rabbi B. Uh, you know, just follow Rabbi A or Rabbi B, both the Chumr or the Kula. So they did, and they followed Rabbi Gamliel, meaning the sharecropper was putter from tithing on the land that was non-Jewish land, and they were taking two Chalas. Now, Mishnachet, we're going to figure out why we would be taking two Chalot. Rabban Gamliel Omer Shalosh Aratzot Lechalo. There are three different regions, geographic areas, with different halachot for taking chala. Eretz Yisrael Kaziv Chala Achat. From Eretz Yisrael itself, you know, Israel, up to Kaziv. Now, Kaziv is somewhere up in the north near Akko. I think it's called Achziv today. There's a little shtickle place called Achziv. That might be the same Kaziv, or maybe in that general region up in the north. So that's Eretz Israel proper. You take one chala, you give it to the Kohen. And of course, you keep this chala tahor, and the Kohanim and their household can eat it when they're tahorim. Mishnah continues, Mikziv Adanachar Adamana, from Kaziv to the river and the mountains. We don't know exactly which river they're talking about. This Mount Amana is way up in the, in the top of Eretz Israel near the coast. So this area, it's sort of quasi-Eretz Yisrael. The Bartner explains it was conquered by the Ole Mitzrayim, by Yeshua ben Nun, but it wasn't reconquered by the Ole Bavel. It wasn't then settled by the Jews returning from Babylonian exile. 
So the issue is, if it's not Eretz Yisrael proper, it has rabbinically a gezerah of Tuma. The reason being is that the non-Jews outside of Eretz Yisrael, they didn't really have formal cemeteries, or maybe the rich and famous got a nice burial. Other people got buried sort of anywhere and everywhere, meaning, you know, anywhere you go outside of Eretz Yisrael could have Tuma based on the burial habits of the local inhabitants of burying bodies all over the place. So in this area, it's Shtei Chalot. You separate Chala twice. Achat Le'or, one goes in the fire and gets burnt. Now that sounds familiar because we do that in Chutz Aretz where everything's also Tameh today. Achat Le'Kohen. And you give one to the Kohen. And this this one is a gift to the Kohen, but it's not really technically a Chalot. So he can eat it even though he's Tameh because he's not in Israel proper and there could be graves. The mission explains Shel Ur, the one that goes to the fire, it has the requisite amount, the 1 out of 24, or the 1 out of 48, if it was for commercial use. We learned that shear earlier. So that's the real challah. Vishal Kohen ain't lashir. The one for the Kohen, of course, it doesn't have a minimal amount. Of course, you, get, you should give him something nice, but it's not the real challah. Now, the reason we're still separating a real challah, even though it's going to be burned, is because this area was originally part of Eretz Yisrael. We don't want anyone to forget that. And But right now, it's not Eretz Yisrael proper because it was not sanctified by the Olei Bavel, by Ezra. So really, it's a rabbinical chiyuv to separate Chala. So it's sort of two... It's, it's, it used to be Eretz Yisrael. It's quasi-Eretz Yisrael, and it's a rabbinical level. And there's a rabbinical Tuma. So there's, there are kind of competing interests. So we want people to remember the unique status of this area. They're separating two Chalas. The mission continues, min anachar, min lifnim, So outside that area, uh, further outside of Israel, two chalas, achat l'or achat kohen. Again, one to the fire and one give to a kohen and eat it tameh. Shel or ein lashir. So here, the one that goes in the fire can be just a tiny pinch, which sounds familiar to us. But shel kohen yesh lashir. The one they give to a kohen to eat tameh, that does have the minimal amount. Because that is a real chala, but it's the Rabbanan. It's a rabbinical challah so that we remember the mitzvah of challah even outside of Eretz Yisrael. Even though challah, again, is only really a mitzvah deraisa in Eretz Yisrael. And because of that, Tzvul Yom Ochla. A Tzvul Yom is a Kohen who was, had a contact with something Tameh, like a Sheretz, and then he went to the mikvah. And now he's a Tzvul Yom. He's waiting until sunset to eat his real truma. But since this is sort of a zecher latruma, zecher lachala, and it can be eaten tamay, he can eat it even while he's at tful yom. You might remember tful yom from the first Mishnah in Shas about saying Shema, which we do in the night at the same time the Kohen can go eat their truma if they were at tful yom and went to the mikvah. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Ain't not it doesn't even have to be a tful yom. A tful yom, he's gone to the mikvah and he's just waiting for sunset to be fully tahor. He says, even if he's mamish tameh, he doesn't even have to go to the mikvah. The Kohen can eat this rabbinical truma in Chutz Laaretz Tameh. Now, we don't do that anymore today. But he does say, Asur lezavim lezavot So he says, but if it's a tuma that comes not from an outside source, but from its own body, it's an irregular emission or a nida, which is a regular emission, but still a source of tuma, or a yoledis, she had a baby, mazel tov. Um, so if the tuma comes from their own body, then they are not eligible until they fix that up. And the kohanim can eat this together with a zar, a non-kohan, on the same table. 
Normally, they should not be eating truma, real challah, or real truma at the same table with a non-Kohen in case some, in case he, you know, wants to taste it. They would need some sort of a hecker to realize not to do that. But he tended to the Kohen. And this rabbinical quasi Chala can be given to any Kohen, even if he's an Amaaretz, even if he's not so careful with Tuma and Sahara. Shkoyach Rabosai.